Hello. Uh, hi, I'm uh, Michael Roskam. I'm the director of this film. And next to me, I'm Dennis Lehane. I'm the screenwriter of this film. And uh, we're here to give some comments. Some <laughs> comments. We don't know how <laughs> wise or profound they'll be, but we will talk. Yeah. Well, this is the, the logo. Where my son, when he sees it, he always says, This is where you work, Daddy. Well, That's nice. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, going straight into the film. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Okay. That's a great opening image. I love that. This was actually what we wanted to do with the camera is to actually we call it the, the dog cam. Yeah. When we wanted to to be like a, a POV of a dog almost uh, following from a lower level into that world and like you know looking up and seeing everything that happens you know with uh, it's like the Tom and Jerry cartoons you always see the adults with the feet never their faces right yeah no this is nice I remember when you put when this showed up in the uh, script notes yeah you started you started writing those to yourself that was great that's nice was that yeah. real snow or fake snow? That's, That's fake snow. Fake right? snow, yeah. And then here the first introduction of Bob Zaganowski, Tom Hardy playing. And this is where uh, you just explain what a drop bar is. The mechanic, we had yeah. so much trouble with this. <laughs> I mean, we were actually, God. it's true, I have to. You did it visually, and then we had the narration, we did about. I'm trying to think. We did about 12 drafts of the narration, I think, possibly. Yeah. Uh, because originally, in the, I think in the story, we were uh, having Fitz, uh, the character that's coming later on. Fitz yep. and his brother were talking and explaining what a draw bar was. We had Fitz doing it. Then we had Torres doing it. And then, with, yeah, Torres doing it. And then it kept being, yeah, there was something problematic about it. And then, of course, then we decided to have Bob talking. And that and that worked. That, yeah, that was very smooth. Yeah, this is a, a funny story. The, the the vodka bottle is called. That's a brand called the General, but it's a fake brand, and it's actually production design making a little joke because I made a joke with with the crew telling them in the beginning they had to call me the General because I wanted to pretend I was a crazy director. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like making jokes. Well, they clearly it. bought it. And, <laughs> so they and then from then on it was like, but it was a joke, you know. Um, and then there he is, our there first is. appearance. Yeah. James Gandolfini being Cousin Marv. This whole bar, we actually built, it's a, it was an out-of-business place and it was totally stripped. So the only thing we had was the counter and all the other things, the wood, Everything, everything was built in by yeah. production design. And it was kind of our ideal Brooklyn dive bar, inspired by three different bars that we visited. And we loved them, all three of them. And we took little pieces of it and with production designer uh, Therese Dupré, who did a wonderful job here, really creating this, this world. And it was just big enough so we could like shoot it from every angle and have enough opportunities for not re being re repetitive in the, in the shots. I'd drink there. 
That's really yeah. key. I'd drink that. That's, <laughs> that's a fine-looking bar. It, and it was kind of cool because Jim and Tom would very often never go to their trailer and just sit there, and you know, and have their little like in the bar, right? And uh, and enjoy staying there. Yeah, I remember the few times I was actually over there on set to this set mm -hmm. that Tom was always hanging out. Yeah. In between cuts. Yeah. In between takes. And so they would just sit at that table or whatever that was room when we were building up a scene somewhere else in the in the bar. And they would just sit there and talk and laugh and have a coffee. Well that and means uh, production design nailed it because yeah. that's a good bar. You don't want to leave. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Those are beautiful. So I love these outdoor shots. They remind me of um they really remind me of like some of the shots from, you know, Freakin' God and French Connection and uh, yeah. the feel of uh, Sidney Lumet. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's got that feel. It's great. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we have Nicola Caracatsanis, uh, was the DP. Uh, I worked with him on, on Bullhead. And he's such a great uh, photographer. And we inspired the whole look of the film on uh, George Bellows, a Brooklyn painter who actually painted Brooklyn early 20th century, 1900s, Brooklyn life, street life. And it's, and all those colors actually were still there in Brooklyn, like pistache green, the, the, the little cobalt blue that we see actually in this jacket and a little bit of the green in the left. And, uh, and then you had the burgundy reds. I mean, and it's in the paintings as well today in Brooklyn, those colors keep showing up. who was up. that painter again? I'm sorry. George Bellows. George Bellows. And in his paintings, he had a lot of those more cold blue areas and then the warmer red, almost burnt sienna colors or, a little, the, the, or the, sometimes also the burgundy, like this car, you know, the blue. Right. It was there. We, It's original. It's not set up with design. Right. You That's see the, the the blue feel and the red of the the wood, and it's all original. It's 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 really amazing to see in 100 years how taste and color of a city remains yeah. intact. Uh, this was um, actually where the first incarnation of all of this started. And for me, in 2001, was the first chapter of a book that ultimately never came together. But it was all about this image of this guy walking home a couple of days after Christmas and being very lonely and very lost. I was thinking about this idea that most, you know, that there's a high rate of suicides on, on Christmas. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And so I picked this very lonely guy to be going home during the loneliest of holidays on a very lonely night. And I, the way I had him envisioned in the original conception was that he was truly hanging on by his fingernails. Was, this was, he was right at the edge of maybe slipping off the mortal coil and mm -hmm. then he finds this dog and then this dog is left in the trash can of this woman and just like that your life turns yeah and that was kind of the, the, the sort of inciting incident if we will yeah yeah which actually reminds me of um, one of the references that i always had from the very beginning with this film was to to have a sort of a crossbreed between you know uh frank capra how would Frank Capra do Taxi Driver, for instance, or <laughs> Scorsese, What's a, It's a Wonderful Life, sure. which is the same kind of setup, 
of a lonely guy, you know, deciding, you know, to go and kill himself. And it's it's the same, and that's what I always wanted to do, like this kind of a, a, a film noir, but with that little touch of a Capri-esque, almost like a, a fairy tale. You like, and I spoke like a about a fairy tale really early. Yeah. Remember, we were, I mean, in our earliest conversations, we were talking about how this was a fairy tale. Yeah. A very dark fairy tale. <laughs> oh, yeah. But a fairy tale. Yeah. And when people, you know, I mean, the thing that gets forgotten a lot is that the, the German fairy tales are dark. Yes. So yeah. this is... Uh, and they always have a, a, a bit of a moral uh, ending, you know, a, a lesson. Yeah. Uh, how do you say it? In a, a, you know, a moral is, yeah. is the way they put yeah. it, yeah. And so. I always like to say, what I always liked about the story is that, because if you look at the background of, of Bob and what he did and what he was going to do, that, I mean, he's a good guy. But he's good at something, and he actually doesn't really like the consequences of what he's good at. Right. You know, and I think it's sometimes you have a moral story or an immoral, but you also have amoral, like without, it's all within the audience. And it's something I always kept in mind that it was like something I want to show him with empathy, but also with a sort of a distance from uh, from the character, for my personal... Uh, right, well, that's yeah, very, yeah. yeah, that's kind of, I would, I would say it's sort of humanist yeah. filmmaking, you know, yeah. like... You can take him, you take him. <laughs> I work nights, I work a lot. I have to send him to animal rescue. Although the film noir reference was pretty clear from the beginning, but I wanted, I didn't want to do the typical uh, shadows and smokes and, you know, visual genre piece. Right. No, and that so and we that's... really choose for colors and 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 making it actually very colorful. Well, again, it feels it feels to me it feels like those sort of nineteen seventies kitchen sink dramas that <laughs> yeah. that they did so well. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this kitchen is it is like one. <laughs> well, it's it's out of a million kitchens I grew up. Yeah. You know, in uh, even though I grew up in Boston, this is Brooklyn, but. It's the same sense, the same cramped sense, of s s cramped space, the same, um, uh, the, the, the religious icons, mm -hmm. the um, the sort of general mess, not because you're a messy person, but because you don't have the time yeah, yeah. to deal with it. Oh, this was such a fun scene. It's the, the only one where Tom had a, how do you call it, when you stop, when you can't stop laughing? He couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, yeah. he had like, a, how do you call it? The, that laughing thing, mm. because because Jim was saying that line here where he's talking about the dog. It's said, a dog. It's a dog. It's a they dog. Shit, they eat. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said something else. Um, it's not long lost relevance. Yeah, shows yeah. Up on your doorstep with a colostomy bag. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh. laughing so hard, and even Tom, and he couldn't hold it anymore. And every time Jim was, and then he was keeping, and then on, when we were on Tom, and he would say it, and Jim would just stay like this he wouldn't he just did the lines right and then Tom's Tom laughing you and can see him almost trying not to crack up there <laughs> uh yeah there he gets it there he gets it but then and Jim would like are you all right <laughs> very dry it's so funny I mean you know I was I was I was the big cheerleader for Jim in the background mm -hmm. before he was cast and when he was cast I remember thinking that was one of those lines that I thought of. I'm like, I, I don't have to worry about the colostomy bag line anymore, you know, because there's very <laughs> few actors can pull off yeah. that type of line. 
it's a very urban line. It's a very kind of off the cuff. I know I'm being funny, but I'm not waiting for the for the for anybody to react. Yeah. Kind of sense of yes. humor, and it's yes. a really hard thing to do. Yeah. And there's uh, he's a, he. These are two great actors, two young guys, but very very good. We have here James Freshfield playing Fitzy. Um, he's the he was the lead in uh, Animal Kingdom, the, the Australian film. Oh, I never made that connection. Yeah, that's him. He's that kid in the beginning, and, he's, oh, and I saw him on a, yeah. in a list of. And I immediately loved this guy. He had such a good vibe to it. And here, I like to play with the mirror kind of things. We always little things here, and then. Uh, oh, there they are. I love those masks. <laughs> and that's also something I like that I really liked was bringing this scene um, very, almost like very quick. It's just like it happens and they're gone. Right, right. You know, not too much of the, you know, jumping over the, like making it a spectacle. You know, spectacular. Gun, no, because the gun is. I think that's what gets lost in American movies after a certain point is, the guns in your face are scary enough. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, in real life. You know, and these guys are uh, also very terrified. They're not like Navy SEALs, you know, right. who can like. Well, uh, you know, like the look at look at how Tom Tom's playing it. I mean, Bob knows enough. One of the things you don't want to do is seem as if you're meeting anybody's eyes. Yeah, yeah. Look away, look away, look away. Yeah, and don't do things with those guys. You know, they're like. It's not like they're trigger happy. They're just scared. They're and just scared. Like, right. It can like go off like in a split second. So. And here, yeah. Here's poor Rowdy. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be sick. No. Here again, you see the colors, like a little bit of the red in the front, and then the colder blues in the back, like uh, most white, whitish blues. And I love to do just one takes, like go a little bit, pull back a little, go back a little. Yeah. And there he is. And for the the film school graduates who are probably the only people left listening to this, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you um, when you do come up with that sort of color composition? For example, how much time do you spend on that? Like this is beautifully composed in terms of color. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing? You're sitting with the DP and you're saying, yeah. "We need to paint that door red. We need to." Yeah, we had this. Um because the whole the whole bar of course we had it available for us to prepare it totally so all the lights is like movie light um, and we took places and i'd like to have so we said yeah that's going to be red and she so it will shine on the face and because i wanted that spot as well when later in the film bob gets uh, eric deeds and, and when he hears about nadia yeah you know that literally you know fury red fury on his face and right it's like little subtle things so and yeah and it with choices like here as well again the red blue red and it's nicholas is pretty fast and he knows what he wants and and we should also mention that's john ortiz that's yeah. you know, just i'm a character actor fanatic he's one of the great he's american so character actors out there yeah um he was my uh, first choice as well i like when i was reading the script i remember i want i want uh, because did we change it he was originally an Irish cop, yeah. and then in the interest of, of making it far more realistic to the world of today, yeah. there was a, 
there was, I believe, I can't remember who brought it up to me, but somebody said, could we make him Hispanic? I think, and I said, absolutely. You I, know. I did because I wanted, I wanted him. Right. And then and we then, both, and we then both being, yeah. Of course, him being, uh, having the, 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 the background, we changed it into Torres. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he's and just... you came up with this, I don't know if it's ever said in the movie, but his, his first name, remember? Avandro. <laughs> What a name! Evandro I love Torres. Yeah, used to park cars. Used to park cars with a guy named Evandro. Uh, Torres. I love that name. It's so uh, good. I remember you calling me about like, yeah, I have a name. It's called Evandro Torres. I'm like, wow, that's cool. Um, but yeah, he's he's just he's one of those guys. Whenever he's on the screen, he's just a joy to watch. You oh know? yeah. And then another great line, with the twist, the nipple. Oh yeah, you know that's that's again something that no, nobody else can say just like no easily like that. No, it's only like a guy like Jim. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's very unlike me, Mark. They took us for five thousand change. I love that shot. Five thousand? Yeah. All right. Well, thank God they picked up the envelope, so we're not on the hook for that. Okay. It's just such a chemistry between these two. Oh yeah, they just it just leaps off the screen. Okay. They don't want it back, so we're not so fucking okay. And I like that jacket. We took. I think I I've been trying thirty jackets before you got to that one. one. Yeah. And I was, I didn't, it was so hard to describe what I exactly wanted, but I knew that if I'm going to, if I, if I see it, I'm going to recognize it. And I needed something for me, visually, it is, it's like the ears of a dog. Oh, uh, yeah. You see yeah. the, the white of it's the, a the color. Jacket, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like the, the color is like, if you look at it, it's almost like, Rocco. and then, then we have Rocco. <laughs> the, it's something I discovered. We, in, in uh, doing some research that the, the statue of Rocco is the same that was carried around in The Godfather too, during the procession in the streets when he's going to kill. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. St. Rocco. Okay, yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, that's great. And there he is, our little Rocco. And that was, uh, St. Rocco was you, that was Mikhail came up with that. We yep. originally, the dog was originally named uh, Cassius. Cassius. Yeah, because he and thought he was a boxer. Yep, <laughs> which which is a which is a one beat uh, line essentially. That was it was okay, but then when you came up with Rocco's patron saint of dogs, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a little symbolizing a little thing, and it and it kind of made sense. I thought you know with Bob being Catholic, going to yeah church, and not really having an idea like a dog, and then a name. What what what, what's he going to do? And then he was thinking, of course, this nice scene when he... This was uh, actually Tom's line. He was just... Remember what... Uh, well, we'll come to it later uh, in the scene. But anyways, it made sense that then this guy would, you know, knowing all the saints... Would not, right. That right. he would say, like, yeah, that's a good name for a dog. Let's call him that way and call him Rocco. Numi's great in this scene. Yeah. And I love that. This is just a really, this is one of those, yeah, I wrote this scene really early too. Um, very vivid recollection of writing this scene in the, in the book that then became the short story that then became the script. Mm -hmm. um, and to see it play out, normally you, 
see a scene play out and there's a disconnect there's just a it doesn't feel right because it can never be what was in your head but this is uh this always just felt as rich and on the screen as it did in my head oh, awesome uh, so i love that oh, and that's that one where he says mike said yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. how you're gonna call yeah. him and he's like <laughs> she goes mike <laughs> that's not a name for a dog rocco that's good <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you see I always you can tell when an actor is feeling the character is when he can improvise within the character right and come right. up with little things that you know instantly love about him you have him? yeah be patient bye and it was also one of the things we decided about the dog because sometimes people, some directors would humanize the dog, you know, making a character and, you know, make him do things. And I just said, it's it's a dog. Let the dog be a dog and, it's just a and dog. be there. It's not some relative who showed up on your doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a exactly. dog. Exactly. There you exactly. go. Let it be a dog. Yeah. Uh, and these then, are great because that's a big thing in the, yeah. in the sort of, in his sort of backstory in the, in the in the prose is yeah yeah is his parents but this is just and then here this was all stage all built by uh by the uh, therese it's so full of detail and it just reflects on the whole atmosphere of that of that frame and having you know like him like, like cleaning cleaning you know all those yeah. little rituals that he does and even the way he cleans, I mean, that's the, the physicality of a good actor. Even the way he cleans yeah, is, yeah. says something about who he is. Oh, and there we have Chavka, uh, Michael well, Aronoff. I just saw him playing the polar opposite of his character on something. They, I literally was watching him 15 minutes before I realized, oh, my God, that's the guy who plays the villain in oh, <laughs> Drop. Wow. Uh, he's so wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love to see that kind of range. It's it's something um, I one of the things that I remember that was very much setting the tone for the film, consciously for me and and uh, in the process of pre-production was when I was talking to Michael, when he's saying like you know how he's gonna play because it's a it's a villain a lot of villains you know like the gangster and like right. how to play originally a gangster and not like and. And, once, and then I told him, you know, I want you to play that if someone would observe you from a distance and couldn't hear you talk, that he wouldn't be suspecting him from being so threatening or saying the things that he said, that he would almost like be talking to a friend. Right. So if you kind of look at it, it's like he's so, um, the threat is in his, in his almost non-expression of threat. Yep. You know. See, like if you would turn the sound down and just look the scene again and watch him. Uh, and I remember when we were doing a, a color grading, a pre-color grading uh, for a testing vision. Uh, there was a young color grader and he just had the, f the movie without sound. And it took him so long to realize that he was watching actually a crime thriller, like a, a crime drama. He thought it was like, he couldn't tell, you know, because everybody is kind of, and that's what that world it was about. You know, all everybody's hiding, everybody's lying, and it's like, it's a, it's just a facade, and you won't let people know who you really are. 
And but it's I something that is all over the film, and it especially is, it with, is. with him. Uh, I think there's also the added thing, though, of, of people who are... Um, people who have true power don't need to show it. You know, yeah. there's a great line on uh, uh, Game of Thrones where the guy says, any man who has to tell you he's a king is not a king. Yeah. And that's the, that's the feeling you get from this performance is Chovka, he, he's not going to, he doesn't need to say the hard guy things. He doesn't need to look like a hard guy. He just is a hard guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I liked the, the way he's like, find my fucking money, A, that A yeah. at the end. It's so good. And then, but <laughs> Jim's reaction too, you know, find my <laughs> money. Find my money. <laughs> oh, that's great. The fucking Chechnians. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's, is that the Chechnyans yeah, line right yeah, there? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That was fun. You know, a couple people from Ireland, Irelandians. Oh, Elizabeth Rodriguez. She's Which so cool. was that weird? Remember, we had that that weird coincidence when I was writing um, Ramsey. Remember, we yeah. I don't think we we discussed me and maybe the producer discussed it when I was writing Ramsey. For whatever reason, I never mentioned it to you guys. For whatever reason, I had her in my head because I'd just seen her in this uh, play off-Broadway, the motherfucker with the hat. Oh. And so I just had her in my head. So all when I was writing Romsey, for whatever reason, she was in my head. I never said a word to anybody. And then when you guys told me the first day, she was on the first day of shooting. And you guys told me, oh, we just shot a scene with Elizabeth Rodriguez. And I was like, wait a minute, the girl was in the motherfucker wow. with the hat? You wow. know, really, it was know. so cool, yeah. I've never yeah. known this. So. Wow. And she was, um, the other thing she was great in, she stole every scene she was in, was in uh, Miami Vice. The Miami Vice movie. Yeah. Which was terrific. Oh, that's, that's how I... Because uh, I discovered um, Torres in Miami Vice. That was the first oh, right. time okay. I, I consciously Not was, like, sure. intrigued by his by the performance of, uh, of, of John Ortiz. And so, of course, Elizabeth was in there. And it was also Tom Hardy suggesting uh, Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah, he's she's... good friends with her, yeah. We just saw the scene, first scene with uh, Marvin, his sister, yeah. Dottie, which was a relationship I loved, fought very hard for in the script, even before you came along. Yeah, uh, yeah that was something that, that was, uh, I always considered to be the first thing to go, um, because it's not instrumental to the plot. It's not, it doesn't drive the narrative, but, mm. but it says so much about that guy yeah. and the world he's in. Um, and the and who he who, who where he comes from who who he is what his family background is is all connected to the, the relationship he has with his sister. Um, this was also funny. The the place we're shooting this, we were that we had we needed to do four days on a stage, and this scene was originally I think in a fitness room. Yeah, fitness it was in a, it was yeah. in a it was in a. Uh, but then, Jim, yeah. because it was it was interesting to have it, but be faithful to this to the script, it meant we had to go and shoot it somewhere because we couldn't yeah. build it anymore budget-wise. We had a little bit of a problem, and then suddenly it would like really took one day of the bar out of my schedule because of it. So I was trying to think, can we not like just build it in there? And then, no, we're building this and that and that. So, and then I saw I would, like this door is actually the stage door. <laughs> This is the oh, that's this great. Is, this yeah. is the the fire exit. I remember that door, right? Yeah, that's yeah. The I remember that door from going on set. That's right. <laughs> and we said, oh, that's and, great. and I said, technically, is this still the studio? And they're like, yeah, okay, let's just use this corner 
as a secret spot for them to to meet up. So it was more like a a solution, and it became sometimes it's the proof that within the limits is the creativity. It's the great stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, being limited in it, and then you find solutions, and I love those moments. Well, the thing too was having the comedy of the being in the script was always that Marv would actually go to a gym. Yeah. Uh, because he doesn't do it, he never works out. He just goes there for the steam, right? And, and that was always the point. Uh, so losing that, you know, we lost the we lost the joke, but it might have been mm -hmm. a lot of pipe delay to get the joke. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, this is actually secretly one of my not in, in a script wise, but in performance, one of my favorite scenes. I just love the natural naturality of it, yeah. the way they. They talk and when the, you know the way she looks, you know, and and he and he's like, he's actually a little shy, but he doesn't show it, and he's like, oh, good idea, and then he doesn't find the pen, and it's so just them, it's pure acting, it's, you know, I, I didn't do anything, I just looked at at the video assistant and, and or next to the camera and just let him do. That's, well, it also, I wasn't here for this, but the, it looks cold. Yeah. Was it cold? It was it was uh, not that cold, but cold. I mean, they look. I often think like sometimes the any sort of adverse weather actually helps performances. Yeah, because they, they they're not thinking as yeah. much, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was you can tell it was it was early spring, so there's no leaves on the. Yeah. It was the end of the winter that we were shooting it. Um, And I, this is I like yeah, I love that. that happy new year. Yeah, you know that's my kind of idea when I was, you know, I had this little bit of a touch of Jimmy Stewart in my head with Bob, with Tom. Right. You know, and that moment for me is like it's when he's kind of, it's the first moment you really see him coming alive. Yeah. You know, and the way he, he does it, a little, a little stiff. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful moment seeing this one. Oh, and out she is so amazing. This. Um, I love that. That was. I personally think, I don't know how, but like a dialogue between two people in a kitchen, I'm proud of my own direction. <laughs> I'm like, you know, this is my favorite. Like, I, I'm happy with how it was cut and, and set up, you know. This scene was, um, this was my favorite scene yeah. to write. And, I can uh, imagine. And I fought it. Tooth and nail to keep it in the script. <laughs> it was, just, uh, but this to me is it, so many. This works on so many levels in yeah. terms of who this guy is, in terms of the world that that he lost, in terms mm -hmm. of the world that he thinks he lost. Yeah, because Marv, like most people, who's uh, you know kind of fucked up, mm -hmm. he actually thinks he's the he's the hero in his own narrative. Yeah, he thinks that he's what he's doing is actually good, um, and he's got a lot of pain that he's carrying around. Yeah, yeah. he's got a lot of loss. Yeah, and a lot of it's self-inflicted and a lot of it's self-imposed. But mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, and then the way she just says, "You know, I'll go to Europe and another life." Just, oh, and that, that's electricity. That one when, yeah, you know, it's life. No, it's electricity. That's electricity. Such yeah. a beautiful line. So beautiful. But the whole dialogue, you felt that that, you know, when you feel, you, you can tell when dialogues work because then as a director, I don't have to do anything. Right. Because the actors just carry it and they're off. 
Right. And here as well, like I said, they, I didn't do any real acting directing. I was just creating frames and a little bit of a choreography, but that's it. They, they just, they just do it. And it was awesome from the first take. And with the little dog. When I watch TV, he sleeps on my leg. Really? Out. <laughs> okay, now we're here. I love that. That park was so great with, the, you know, with those stands here. And, the, and now we have uh, Eric Dietz coming with Matthias. Yeah, this was the... Matthias Kunart. That's great the way it comes in out of focus. That's a nice dog. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice I also liked the the music here, uh, Marco Beltrami, like really starting to bring the like the, the atmospheres and don't forget to feed it, all right? It's a little piano. It's like that piano was a specially tuned uh, piano that he made himself. Oh. Wow. Um, Signs. <laughs> I like that hesitation, the way he, that natural Jim plays that when you know. Yeah, we did we did something there where, where I think um, I didn't even notice it. I think until it's cut. I mean, there's two extremely threatening scenes where nobody even remotely threatens. Yeah. One guy asks about another guy's dog, another guy asks for directions to a hospital. But it's the sense, I think, at this point now where it's sort of the, the one-quarter mark, it's the sense of we are entering into a very, yeah. you think you're in a dangerous world, it's about to get very dangerous. And it also which, it describes the paranoia of those people, yeah. the way they always have to watch their backs, and even just the guy asking directions could be dangerous. Could be dangerous, yeah. exactly. And of course, as an audience, it was then, the normality of it was just the thing like, okay, this is not normal. Right. <laughs> it cannot be normal, so it isn't. You know, it's like this always... Nothing seems to be the way it is. I think, you know, one of the, the the great scenes in the last quarter century of film is that scene when uh, Jimmy Conway tries to get uh, Karen to go down and buy the, buy the coats in Goodfellas, which comes to visit him. Yeah. He says, yeah, there's a couple of coats. Just go pick out a couple of things for yourself. And she knows not to go in that place, no matter what. She, knows. she says, no, Jimmy, I'll, uh, that's <laughs> the moment. And she goes running back to Henry. That's when they go into witness protection. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. all just him saying, no, no, just go down a little further, a little further, you know. Uh, it's true. It's funny. We used to say we're on, uh, we're boardwalk in the writer's room of Boardwalk Empire. We used to say everything goes back to the Godfather. <laughs> and sometimes now it's becoming everything goes back to Goodfellas, you know. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the, um, um, Alan Lewis was our casting director um, for this movie. She started, um, she works always with Martin Scorsese since Goodfellas. That was her first job for Scorsese. Oh, wow. And he was so happy with what she did. And ever since, she's casting every cast, single uh -huh. Scorsese wow. movie. And she cast and, this as well. And she cast this movie as well. Wow. So great. she's the one who found us all those great actors and you know like Anne Dowd and Michael Uranoff it's all her she was terrific yeah and uh, this scene I I love this the way these two I mean Matthias and Hardy you know 
two guys, two actors that been in very physical roles, now suddenly, you know, <laughs> two power guys, face to face, you know, almost touching their nose. And it's so all balanced that the whole choreography in this two square meters, how do you call it? Yeah. It took it like more than an hour <laughs> to set it out. Oh, to set that up. That out, yeah. To block that's that out? Yeah. Okay. Because they were like, okay, and then I closed the door. <laughs> I and love then that. I did that's this. not <laughs> when he holds up the umbrella like that. <laughs> yeah. That's not, it wasn't in the script. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's excellent. That's beautiful, too. Mm -hmm. You never ask about it. There's a great light in this, too, that's, I think, again, is a, you know, is a credit to the, the cinematography, where it's just this sense of, it's growing, that as winter gets more wintry, you know what I mean? As it gets raw, the movie seems to just get, yeah. just goes, it goes more and more threatening. And it's so typical also in New York to have like snow and then it rains and, and then it, rains. it freezes yep. and then it goes back and it's like overnight it can change, it can be white and at noon it's gone. Yeah. You know, it's in the mornings. And it's all gurgling out of the gutter, the, the drain pipes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, everybody loves snow, nobody loves slush. <laughs> I like movies that have a lot of slush in them. Yeah, yeah. Big fan of slush. <laughs> I mean, snow can get really dirty in, in New York, like getting all like black almost, you know, if it stays cold yeah. long enough. Um, this is also one of... Photography here is so amazing, but that light square of, uh, of the window and then have them... On both sides. Love that scene. What about you? The guy with the umbrella. Oh, he just he's just interested in the dog. The dog. How do you know? Maybe he's just telling you that. It's just fun to watch it. Yeah. It's too much for them to put him back down when they found him because that would require courtesy. You should just get a dumpster mark. This one was a scene we really worked hard on to, to have it, because all, it's very particular with all the actors. These guys absolutely needed their choreography of where to stand, where to go, where to walk. It was a whole pave, like a dance almost. And this one took a, a pretty, like, they really want to find themselves within in the space. And that is, it needs its own logic. And uh, we worked very hard on, on making this happen. And then one of the things was where are we going to put the bag? Where are we going to put the bag? <laughs> with, with the arm. And um, so then we decided to do it like this. And that pretty worked. That worked so well. Then everybody kind of tuned in and found like how we walk, where we're standing, where we're going. And I like that moment. Like when. Marv says, no, I don't. Yes, <laughs> I do not have to look in that bag. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't need to do anything. I'm just going to stand right here. I'm just going to stand right the fuck here. No, you really should take a look at this. I don't need to see Europe. 
Here as well, we have those little details that we put in, like those, um, that's something you're gonna see uh, further on, are like plastic bags in the trees. Because also, because of the, the, what was that storm again? Um, in Brooklyn? Oh, it's not the awful. Water, the water, uh, the water storm. Uh, the hurricane. Sa sandy? Oh. Sandy. Yeah. Hurricane. So lots of bags were like plastic bags, always. And then you have the yellow bucket there at the left. So we always had those with us to bring those little touches, like strokes of painting, you know, like a little bit of the red between Marvin and Bob. But then again, the green there that you see is original. It's not dressed. Right. Yeah. That kitchen was, that was so cool. That was also almost original. Just kept it and dressed it up. And always, you know, like those little yellow, blue, red little spots that we put in. Like you've done it a thousand times. And I think here it's the moment we start to realize that Bob isn't not just the guy. <laughs> You think he it's the look. Right? It's the look that yeah, yeah. again that Jim gives him. It's this kind of who oh, I may have just may have taken that one step too far. <laughs> let me let me give him a friendly smile. No, no, we're closed. Yeah, well, your door was unlocked. Well, so. I'm sorry about that, but we're closed now. So yeah, yeah. you gotta go. Hey, Bob. I don't know. So good. All right, come on. See, and this is, you know, that spot with the red. You know, now he's gonna turn, and then he's gonna stand there for a while. And that's really like, this is like him being angry, like whoa, that moment that he's realizing now things are really going yeah, in weird it. ways. We're not getting you know. out of this yeah. uh, without a little blood. And that's the first time we see him kind of really getting worried. Yeah. Uh, and you feel it, the way he looks. Such a subtle, beautiful performance of Tom. I really, I remember I was watching it, I really had goosebumps. When I, I was just feeling it, how how he was like nailing it there. So, I mean, he does it over the whole movie, but in the course of the shooting, it's a, it's a process that it's not chrono chronological. Right. And I had already a couple of great moments, but this was also one of the moments I said, like, I totally, know what he was doing. I started to un totally understanding the logic of Tom's uh, creation. Yeah, we, we, it's funny because when I was on the set, Tom, um, God, he came, it's the first time we talked, we talked for just a half an hour mm -hmm. trying to, to sort of explain his perception of Bob, his the journey he was trying to take him on from not just from film on, but from kind of birth on. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was, uh, it was both kind of dizzying, but it was also just, you know, deeply impressive. I mean, he was, he was making this character hundred percent his own by that point. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, what you're seeing here, I think in this performance is its own type of narrative. Yeah. Just in the performance alone, just in the, the looks. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I remember that conversation. It was, uh, 
I, I heard a couple of, I was a couple of moments I was there with you guys, and then I remember he coming back that he really liked talking to you. That was really something. It confirmed what he was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he needed it. We spoke it. then, then we spoke yeah. that night, and we spoke the next day, and it was just always again. It was just he had a, he had a different conception than me of what Bob was, but but it it goes under that conception of human beings are thirty two things, mm -hmm. forty things, you know. So um, his Bob was was different than my Bob, but it was a real Bob. Yeah, um, and it was always authentic. The way he throws that, it's just very <laughs> odd. <laughs> it's so great. Um, because he does it, 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 it's funny because as I wrote it, he sort of tomahawks it. Well, his, his throw is better because it's the throw of a guy who really doesn't want anybody to see that arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was the first uh, scene I did, with, that was uh, day one, uh, my first day with Tom on set. And... Uh, that was his first, uh, yeah, appearance on set. Uh, yeah, yeah, the scene. Yeah, I was. That was the first time I saw Bob. I, he, I like that the way I did. Like with Bullhead as well. I never saw the character until until the first day. first action. That's when I mean I see it dressed, but not in character like the. And um, that first moment of seeing Bob coming alive is is such a great moment. And I love the way here he tells you how Bob can lie. Yeah. I mean, this is not a guy, he's under control. This is... He's not getting rattled. No. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, he just threw an arm in the water and it's a cop. And he's, look at the guy, he's just like... And then there is this moment when Torres is going to show the picture of Deeds, and then you see Bob like scanning a little bit with his eyes. There was also that moment I knew I'm going to use this in the editing, and it's going to come in there. I mean, you working in that bar? Come on, you know people, Mrs. Look at that little smile. <laughs> there it is. It's going to come. He reminds me a lot of Brando here. There he goes. You see, and that's beautiful detail. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah, it's true. The Brando thing is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm hearing here and there that uh, this guy got something to do with the Whelan disappearance. Ray, really? Really? <laughs> really good-looking dog. Yeah, uh, th that dog was so photogenic. Could do whatever it wanted. It just worked all the time. Yeah. That dog. My wife and I came out and played with the dog. <laughs> they had the trainers outside, they had the dogs in the car. Yeah, great. yeah. We had three dogs yeah. in total. Yeah. Uh, because it was, yeah, you know, the age thing. And that one was the first. I'm wondering if this is the. And I love Numi's performance here. So it's. Again, I mean, it's throughout the whole movie, they're all like nailing it. But there are these moments. You know what? It's, it's a really long story. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm sorry. I should have called you. I apologize. You know, now when she comes up and says, like, what? <laughs> you see the blue bag in the, in the distance? And there's a, I do see it. Between and the other shot left of... Uh, there he is. Yeah. And it was all there. And this, these are the little, like, I call them paint strokes, you know, that we... 
but and then her background is that burgundy red that's you know that's brooklyn it's everywhere it's that's the colors so i was just asking a question no you're insinuating no i wasn't now you're just arguing with me to argue with me no see no i'm not <laughs> i don't need this shit, okay so I think it's nice because, again, this is Numi giving you a big payoff. You feel, I think, for, you know, 45, 46 minutes of film that this is a pretty damaged woman. Yeah. And then, then you finally see it. It's, yeah. you know, you get the hints, but then it's, this, this is where it pops. He trips the wrong wire and it's, he has that wonderful look that all men know. What yeah. the fuck did I do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sits what in a cellar with a dog. I apologize. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing you know is that you have to apologize. Yeah. 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 Well, I asked her one question. A question. Simple. You know, just came out sideways. You don't get it. Yeah, here, we, we work in the editing. We've been working a lot on this scene. It's really here. Christopher Tellison, uh, great editor. Uh, he's such a great guy, and he did a—I mean, again, throughout the whole movie, did a great job. But here, this one was a uh, this this scene needed a particular attention to make it work. Although it was totally the the writing, the dialogues was perfect, but we we really have been working hard on on building this this scene and make it work because we had a. That great moment with his hand. Yeah. He goes out to reach his hand. I love that. And he taps the bars if he meant to do it, you know? Yeah. It's great. Um, just a little plug for whiskey I drink every now and then. <laughs> and this was funny. Old Belgian direct, uh, journalist asking me if there was a little Belgian joke of me to put Stella Artra in it. Really? Because it's a Belgian beer, Stella. Right. I know it's yeah. And I said no, it was written that way. <laughs> you know, it's you're... funny. The reason I put the reason I put it in there was because remember it was sort of the it was the beer du jour yeah. of the states, you know, about a year and a half ago. Oh. So that's why I ended up going in there. Um, where the Middleton was um, just that's as that's as fine a yeah. liquor as exists. Sorry? That's as fine a liquor as exists. <laughs> and was drinking that. I mean, what uh, Trove was drinking there. Look at that. Oh, look at that fade. Oh. <laughs> Did I drink your milkshake moment? Uh. <laughs> you know? We die. Such good All lines. Andre, but before you do, you're gonna try this fucking whiskey. <laughs> yeah, get him, get him one, huh? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you hand over the drop. All right. Which night? Super Bowl. Again, great, great sound design and soundtrack of Marco here. Love that little touch. 
with uh, the theme, the Chechen theme in it. Ah, this is another bellows <laughs> kind of painting. We love those. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. I mean, the, the only thing I remember about that night was that he left the bar to go score wheat. You know, and the guys that he was getting it from were a couple of shitheads. You know, a nut job named Deeds. And no, here he is. Um, Chris, Chris Sullivan. Sullivan. Great, great actor. And he came in for ADR and he had this huge beard and glasses. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm like, holy shit. It was for another play, uh, for a play that he did. And then we have this beautiful background here. Again, I, that was our other ref, another reference to George Bellows, who had like those beautiful paintings when they were still building houses oh, and they were like... Bar. Come on. Oh. That's the line of the movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't the... Okay. No, that's, 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 that was, uh, that was one was of that, Was that probably recorded? Um, I actually saw somebody say that once, so I had to... Don't fuck with my bar. Don't fuck with my bar. And it was said like, you know, it's like the way some people say, don't fuck with my church. You know, don't yep. fuck with my wife. It was, don't fuck with my bar. <laughs> uh... I wonder, Chris has that, Chris Sullivan has that, he has a very distinct Boston vibe to him, even though this is a New York movie. I wonder if he's from Boston originally. Something about I thought him. he was of uh, Chicago. Is it Chicago? Okay. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah? Yeah. Pretty <laughs> I don't much. know. Pretty <laughs> much. It's pretty much the same city. Uh, you know, so. One of them, they say God, and one of them say God. That's pretty much the big difference. Yeah. Chicago yeah. and Chicago, Boston. I can still not tell. It's sometimes a little hard to to hear differences. Oh yeah, you know, for the right. the listeners here, I'm from Belgium, so that's why my English is a little weird. Oh, it's pretty exceptional. It's a hell of a lot better than my Flemish. <laughs> he used to be my boyfriend. In the beginning, he was he was charming. And that was a scene that got deleted. That got deleted, right, yeah. What was it again? Uh, don't be Flemish or? No, I'm, I'm speaking Flemish. That's what the line yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, and I am Flemish. He so wasn't being understood. It was the sign for me to, to do the movie when I when Oh, I when you saw that line? Yeah. <laughs> I knew. I said, that's, that's scripts for me. I'm going to do this. So this is the makeup scene, right? Yep. This is sort of the... I think deepening of the relationship now. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who says you, you really can't be friends with somebody until you've had your first fight. So they've now had their first fight. So you know, you don't have to explain. Everybody has a path. Her jacket is great. Yeah. I grew up with those jackets. <laughs> called me, used to call me Eskimo jackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's again, you know, the David Robinson was our costume designer. He he was very patient <laughs> with my trying everything out all the time, and uh, Anumi of course helped very much building up the character by choosing as well, helping you know. Oh, and this is an this is an interesting thing about the angel. Um, this is also something that came in later in the script. Yep. You know yep. what we what happened was, and we have to go forward. Is that the angel came from another scene 
and got back into and we we were writing it during the production because it wasn't there originally and it was because Matthias was picking up that angel that was just there in the kitchen scene when he's waiting for Nadia right and then he takes it and that's where we came up with the story something like that and then we gave it to you and you wrote the the thing the the scene where she's like it's broken you want to fix it yeah and it's such an intimate beautiful moment did that survive i couldn't even remember if that mm -hmm. did that okay so that is it okay all right you want to fix it yeah sure you want another beer And that was. Uh... I will say, if I was on set, I, the only thing I would have said is those characters never would have drank Dos Equis. Not what? Dos Equis. They're drinking Dos Equis in that scene. And that's What's just, Dos Equis? It's the beer they're drinking in that oh. scene. Oh. Oh. I was supposed to know that. That's the only thing I would have. What, what if I was do they on drink? Set, they would have drank. They'd be drinking Bud Light. No. Yeah? Yeah. They'd be drinking Bud Light or Bud or maybe. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, what kind of beer is Miller, it? Miller. Yeah, Dos Equis is a little, it's a little up uptown for, oh, for maybe, Nadia. It's oh, a little got uptown it. for Nadia. So, um. and and Bob, Bob would he buy it for? Maybe his mom would drink it, and that he still buys it. Nah, I don't see it. Nah, nah. Sorry, No, I'm sorry, but I'm glad you know the most interesting man in the world would drink uh, Dos Equis. Uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, it's a small thing. These are the very tiny things okay. that yeah, are fun to talk about on DVD commentary. Mm -hmm. uh, was saying, this was this was always, I think, in a lot of ways, this was the heart of the heart of the film. We, yeah. you, well, let's see. We cut it several times in script mm -hmm. because it was always way way well long. And then you guys cut it several times in editing. Um, this was a tough scene. Yep. This was a tough scene because you're trying to encapsulate everything in the movie. Mm -hmm. I think it was also written in two chunks, and you cut it, thank God, in the editing. You come back to the scene several times in the editing, yep. don't, do you not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, I think... Uh, we also brought this one in earlier in the, in the screen yep. play. It was uh, in the script. This scene came a little later. This comes later. Yep. This comes much, yeah. Um, and we kind of it's much better brought it in here. For the film, it's much better yeah. coming in this way. It's also nice because he's talking about his cousin. You know, it's actually my cousin, Marv. You know, da da da. We yeah. were a crew once, da da da. And then you see this scene, what he's gonna do here. Because there was such, it was a, the hard part about the cutting that scene and the kitchen was that it was all the material we had was so good, all the dialogues made sense. Because we cut away a little bit about um, uh, him talking, you know, about sins. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot which of that. Actually, we used as a voiceover now at the end of the film. Yeah, he's driving. It's actually literally taken from that from, scene. From that, from scene. that scene. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's be you know I think it's better without you know there's there's a lot of one of the reasons I like to overwrite is so that we can have a lot to carve from you know to get to the marvel. Mm -hmm. But then when you see a when you see a film, you look and you say, "Oh no, the images and the actors are doing far more than my dialogue was doing there." Mm. You know, so that's 
Um, I'm one of the few Rogers who actually likes to see my scenes cut. <laughs> well, it was a great I don't pleasure. Like, I don't like whole scenes cut out, but I like no. I love yeah, I love yeah. to see good trims, you know, because yeah, then yeah. you go, ah, we got there so much faster, you know. This was actually is this is one of the last scenes I ever wrote, um, in terms of I think in terms of the, the final locked script. I remember re rewriting this scene when I was in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. working on Boardwalk, and uh, I think I was having a little bit of fun with, I think if you watch the scene from the perspective, I'm having a little bit of fun with um, the whole idea that, it, you know, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Yeah. I would argue that the good guy with the gun doesn't stand much chance against against the smarter guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... That was also great shooting the the way we did it. That that was. Th this was so cool that I actually took it and uh, I used the red light in the when I when I was asked to write the novel of this uh -huh. after the after I wrote the script. My publisher said, "Would you would you write a novel of it?" And I said, "Sure." Now that I know what I'm actually trying to write, um, I used the red light, which was not in my original. It's not in my original scene. It's not uh -huh. in my original script. It's nothing. Yeah. It came from seeing a. a uh, it came from seeing a clip of this. I love the way he runs away. <laughs> that is so classic. It's, <laughs> right? It was Nothing awesome. to, don't pay no attention here. <laughs> Off I go. Uh -huh. Yeah, we had to, we were working there and we had to hurry up because it was like fog coming in. But literally, like, coming in. You can see it. It's you can back, literally, yeah, yeah it's right. starting, and it's like literally, we had like the next take, you couldn't see the car disappear in the distance. We just had to cut it, yeah. and we were done. Yeah, I grew up nice in a moment. city kind of like this, and very similar, very similar uh -huh. neighborhood, and spent a lot of late nights walking home in the cold. To yeah. be honest, and and what I love is that's captured so beautifully here. Oh. So many scenes where you feel, well, this is it. You walk a girl home on a very cold night. This is what it feels like. This is what it looks like. Yeah, it's really yeah. beautifully done. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then it's a little that walk, a little little drunky, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then that smile. And it's fun to know that the the house. Uh, Nadia's house was actually literally around the corner of where we were shooting the bar. Right. Remember we walked on yeah. over there one time? Mm -hmm. you, you told me where it was, I walked on over there, yeah. yeah. Morning, Chewy. It's funny, sometimes characters talk to you in a different way. They, they, they just tell you things. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a deeds moment. Yep. That wasn't a me moment. That was a... That was Deeds tapping me on the shoulder at some point when I was writing this, saying he'd put the umbrella back. Yeah. At some point he'd put that umbrella back. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But it had to, you know, if he takes the umbrella, he has to do something. He has with to that do something. Well, it's the Chekhov line. If you, yeah. You know, you put a gun on the wall, you got to use it. And it's so scary. I mean, I love what Matthias also what he captures here. He captures it mostly in the eyes. Is, mm -hmm. is it's, there's something about Eric Deeds that you, as much as Eric Deeds is scary and, and 
horrible problem and a big threat, there's something very sad about Eric Deeds. He's mentally imbalanced. Yeah. I mean, it's not just, he's not just a bad guy. This guy's has been so, his brains have been so scrambled through God only knows what. Um, and you see it in this scene, I think, a lot. Yeah. You almost feel like you want to give the guy a hug, even though he'd probably stab you for it. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, yeah, you know. exactly. And that's also when I remember discussing that scene with, with him that he told me, and he's like, you know, um, when he's saying, like, because when I was reading it, I remember when he said, like, I regret, uh, yeah, I regret it, that he yeah. was hurting the dog. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he said, like, the way I'm going to play it is, like, he really means it. And I'm he like, does. yeah, of course, exactly. And then he was playing it that way, and I'm like, wow, this is exactly how Deeds is. Like, it goes like, tick, 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 tick. he flips all the time. He well, doesn't... he's like the guy who beats his wife or the guy who beats his kid. You know, yeah. when they apologize, they do mean it. Yeah. They do feel bad. Yeah. It just means there's, it doesn't mean, doesn't change the fact they're going to do it again. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, I hear I love that shot with the reflection of those two faces in the table. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And that was a that was a cold day that I remember. That's <laughs> why Ortiz is moving so fast. <laughs> looking good. Eric needs psych file. You got three minutes to read it. And I, I always like to make like those camera behind, you know, like having um, the shots with the cameras behind the the character. Right. All right. Yeah. Coming over. Yeah. yeah. I just like the way he. You can just keep looking at this guy, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny because you said you first saw him in my advice. I've never forgot him from Carlito's way. Oh. He was the uh, he was Carlito's young cousin. He gets killed in the first like 15 minutes. He had to be probably 20 when he did it. Oh. You never forget him. Uh, he's it's just an unforgettable performance. It's just oh. a great character, you know. Yeah. It's my cousin Carlito Bragante. You know? <laughs> he's like, you know, he's walking, he's walking down the street. He's, he's like five minutes from his own death, you know. Uh, he's he gets killed in the pool hall. Oh, I have I remember to... that great oh, sequence. Oh yes, pool hall. yes, yes. He's reaching down, he gets. He's the, yes. Hey, where's the beer? You know. It's, oh, it's, yeah, he's yeah, so yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You do all these great things here. The way that you constantly have deeds kind of coming out of soft focus in the yeah. background is just beautiful you know he's just just appears just, disappears yeah yeah it was a that was a great day for me shooting this one because it was we're gonna see a little later on when how bob uh tom is looking at him when he says that about the dog yeah and i was literally i said cut and i was like cheering like yay! And, Bob, and Tom was looking at me like, "What's wrong?" <laughs> like, I said, "This is this is awesome. This is awesome." And it was. It's a beautiful job with that. This is yeah. this is what life is. Somebody like me coming in unannounced. Beautiful line. Beautiful line. And it's true. Yeah. You know that's yeah. the whole point. That it's not just you know. Well, one of the concepts, one of the like the central concepts of sort of film noir, which again, this doesn't look like it, but it is in a lot of ways, is this idea of, you know, you can never, ever, ever run from your past. Mm -hmm. And if anybody embodies sort of Bob's past as a sort of a specter, and I think that comes out too in, in, in how it's shot, it's him. Yeah. I mean, he just keeps floating up. It's, but you can't get away from this, Bob, whatever it is, you know, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. get away from it. Um, Here. Oh. 
that's the moment I was like, yay! Yeah. I had to yeah, really we know what's about to happen, you know. <laughs> bite my finger for not yeah. screwing up that take. That's right. <laughs> like that's not great. to yell. And then yeah, here that that cellar scene, which was, uh, believe it or not, it was the first scene that Tom and Jim played together. Uh, the, oh, that scene in the cellar. Yep. The, oh, can you imagine? It's. Oh, this is Jim's finest hour. I thought. Oh. The film. And I was like wondering, okay, these guys haven't seen each other yet. Literally, they just met. Yep. And they're like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Let's nail this scene. And they just do it. Just punch it out. And they, look, these guys, you feel they know each other for like exactly 35 years. Yeah. Or whatever, 36, 7, 8. And, and look at the way this, that chemistry between those two guys is just. It's palpable. Oh, I can assure you as a director, when you see this happen, how happy you are. It's like, yeah. you just know this is going to be awesome. Yeah, you're this, good this is This is the first scene together. It's the end scene of the movie. They're nailing it. And everything they will do now is going to be brilliant. You know, I'm, I was so impressed by those two guys at that moment. And then you literally have like this, yes, 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 <laughs> kind of feel to it. I'm just gonna listen to it again. Awfully fresh since you got destroyed And again, an, a beautiful example of how, and that's really some, again, your dialogues here, man, it just. It's there, the guys take it, and they just play. And it... Well, I'm not the guy that wasted his entire life waiting for it to start. Why did that? Mm -hmm. At least I had something once. I was respected. I was feared. When I walked into a place, people sat up. They, they sat up straight. They noticed. What'd you ever have? And a fucking bar stool that you put that old bitty at and bought her free drinks, and don't think I don't know that you did it on purpose. That was my stool, and nobody sat on that stool because it was Cousin Marv's stool, and that meant something. That meant something. But he didn't ever. It was just a stool. Are you doing something desperate? Again? Marv. Are you doing something that maybe we can't clean up this time? Okay, I told you I'm not feeling good. So, you know, why don't you get the fuck out of here? Yeah. Really? Goodbye, Marv. That's all right. Yeah, I still, you know, that's... Yeah, self, just the self-loathing right there in that moment in his face. Is, uh, yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. Well. And then we are back in that cellar. Back in the basement. Back, <laughs> back in, in the, the cellar, yeah. With that oil... Oil tank. 
and the money and then the church I like that was a little play of mine, like having that that money, we just put it in there digitally and wanted to have it like a little bit of a like a clock ticking around it. Oh, whatever. you put and the money in digitally? Yeah, we, because we wanted to go, we had it from every angle and we wanted to have that cut like ticking right. as a clock. Right. Tick, tick, tick. So we do it very um, limit in a limited, I mean, very uh, modest way. gets prepared okay and this is you know that's where Therese Dupree came to me and said like you know because we had that reference in the script that we never put back in the in the movie we shot it though was the the angel and the Mary with the broken neck right right in the church that would be a little bit as a like the, the way we did Rocco with the statue yeah and then he would like contemplate Bob in the church see the Mary's you know holy and then with the, the 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 broken neck, would refer to the scars in Nadia's uh, neck, but we never used it. And but it was Therese Dupré when we were shooting the scene. She said like, "Oh look, a little a little reference, a little secret for us, a broken angel," and she put it there. And then when he came in and sat down, it was it just did it just took it. It's like improvised almost. Yeah. And he takes it and he puts it there. And that's when I was like, oh, wait a second, that broken angel. And then I called you, and that's why we called you and said, can you write something about that angel that she has to fix it? And right. that's when you put it back in when they were in the uh, the kitchen table, which we shot after this. And this is, here's a lesson for all aspiring screenwriters who may still be with us. Um, I don't <laughs> remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember uh, that at all. No, I think I was I, I was working like around the you clock on Boardwalk exactly. at the time, and yeah. then yeah. I was doing some other things. And I was I, was, I remember I was rewriting the narration nonstop. We were doing that. I remember we were yeah just we over and over on that, and uh, and so I I have zero recollection of of doing that. Oh, of that's, that in. Uh, well, there you go. I'm happy so to, you to help you so I'm glad bring that out. back. That worked out. Um, and you did a great job. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I could just phone that in. Uh, yeah, it's true. You were you were very very busy. Well, yeah, we were, yeah. Well, yeah, we were, and also we were doing a lot of that kind of you know get the oh can we change this line oh can we yeah. do this can we, yeah. what can we change this to we just ran into a problem here because you don't you don't even know what's going on sometimes mm -hmm. you don't know what problem is going to present itself until all of a sudden you're shooting yeah or an actor asks a question that you can't answer or you know a production designer asks you a question that you can't answer whatever it is then it's like oh wait a minute that isn't in the script is it or mm -hmm. you know so um no exactly okay i think here's where you go back to the this sort of double-edged sword of uh of both uh, yeah. menace and, and mental illness, because mm -hmm. poor Eric Deeds, he actually believes he, he can have a future with Nadia. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as she doesn't talk back. Yeah. Um, this is a the guy's shot that I really like. I and then, of course, the, the so we go here with a 
with a pan. We just left Bob and we see the guys and then he's here, you know? And then it's like a, a way of bringing time, time-lapsing. Yeah. That's one of those things I always like to do. And here, uh, Marco did a great job in scoring this thing for like, I don't know how long that in totally was, like, I think. Uh, I think it's like almost nine minutes non-stop music. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. He did a great job there. That was always meant to be sort of this is the price of belief mm -hmm. kind of moment for Bob. That, um, you know, the reason most people close off their hearts is because the time that it got broke is so fucking painful that they can't ever go back there again. And there goes yeah. Bob. He's done it. The, the dog's opened it. She's opened it. And here he is looking at Tom's playing it perfectly. Here he is looking at the moment where it's... If I could do it all over again, I'd keep it closed. Yeah. Kind of vibe, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. It's the first time, and it's also, you know, you can tell that how love brings us very, always makes us young in a way that the kind of reaction, like a little boy. Yeah, like exactly. Looking like yeah. Um, this is a great shot, and I, this, that shot of the money going in. <laughs> I was there the day that you were obsessing over that shot. <laughs> And uh, it 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 really pays off because you see it. I see it now. I see it in the coming attraction. This I like about this about Marv too. Again, kind of characters who tell you, they tell you certain things. Well, Marv, there was when uh, in I believe it's in the script. I'm not sure if it's even in the film anymore. But when Fitz gets in the car, he says, well, Marv says, to him, "What do you think? I got plastic bags in the trunk." Yeah, yeah, it's in there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the point is, is that that's <laughs> that's actually the moment that Marv gets the hey, maybe that's not a bad idea. Maybe I should have plastic bags in the trunk, you know? <laughs> that would have been simple. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, that was smart of me to Yeah, I'm, so I'm then it's apply a, it. the next time yeah. you see him, he's, okay, uh, this is my new draft. It's uh, my uh, new plan. You can, it's, this moment is so great, these two guys. And again here also, Christopher Tolleson, great, great, great editing here. Yeah. The microchip and the, and the license, like we, we agreed. Yeah, why would I do that? He's been, he, he, poly I think for, during the whole period of editing, he always went, time to time, he went back to that scene and polished it, polished it, polished it. He's been, that was like. Well, this is such a massive, Sam, I this was a, it had to be a murderous scene to direct. It was a murderous scene to write, you know, mm -hmm. for a script. It was easy to write in the, the original short story, but it was hard, very hard in the script. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
you know, it's just, there's just so many moving pieces in this scene that um, I can't even imagine what it would have been like to... I can't imagine what it would be like to direct it, and I certainly can't imagine what it would be like to edit it. Yeah, <laughs> editing was the... Yeah. That was the toughest part of it. <laughs> Directing wasn't easy, but the editing, and then Chris just did it perfectly. And there we have the... That swing shot again. was the, the one where we turn it again when he's upside down. That's here, I think, too, is with, with everybody kind of closed in now on yeah. each other. You really get a sense of, I think, you know, that... that yeah, usual danger in life is not it's not a serial killer and it's not it's not a gang and it's not you know it's just the people right around you yeah you know yeah uh something is coming to a big head tonight is this i think the vibe we always kind of wanted here and uh -huh. i think you get it because the the what wasn't that what wasn't easy was that you have nor you had to go from a very dynamic surrounding of the super bowl evening people you know it's a lot of things going on it's chaos and then it comes together to that very silent moment between just three people yeah and then that was uh, that was a big challenge to 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 make that work i mean and that's like everybody's contribution here the actors the, the photography the, the, the framing the editing of course the, the 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 dialogues i mean this 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 line where he's starts talking about cousin marv you know the whole it just comes all very beautiful together but it was a big challenge to balance it out that yeah. was the the great i mean she's so great in here i'm sorry bob he has a gun And I like that simple line. It's so old, like he has a gun. Yeah, it's gun. it's so yeah. old school in a way. Yeah. you know the girl t telling the other g the boy yeah. and warning him for the other guy. He has a gun, and the way she said it, I just loved it. What are you guys talking about? Football. Yeah. Give me another shot, will you? And again here, um, the very subtle, beautiful scoring of uh, Marco. What was the name of your partner again? Oh, wouldn't be much of a threat if you knew who he was, would he, Bob? No, but he helped you kill Richie Whelan, right? That's a rumor, Bob. More than a rumor. That's what you said. Yeah, well, then it's more than a rumor, Bob. What time is it? You know... You really don't have to keep calling me Bob all the time. Yeah, let's see what I could do about that, Bob. What's that? That's the ten grand that you wanted. That was actually something I I learned from a cop. It's the constant. If you want to if you want to have power over somebody, keep calling them by their name. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it strips them. It makes them feel. It makes them. It 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 enforces an in intimacy that isn't necessarily natural. So it makes the person feel powerless. It makes them feel naked. 
So cops, that's why cops will constantly use your name. You know, oh. be like, sit down, Mikhail. Have a cup. Would you like a cup of coffee, Mikhail? Can I get you some cigarettes, Mikhail? It's just so I had Eric Deeds doing that, and uh, and then Bob. When Bob says, uh, "You don't have to keep it," he keeps doing it. That's what I love because that's Deeds, you know, like, yeah, to the yeah. core. You know, I'll see what yeah. I can do about that, Bob. Well, yeah. Deeds doesn't pick up the right signals. No, ever. Deeds mixes <laughs> cues. Yeah, he, picked, he misses yeah, his uh, cues. Yeah. I didn't uh, know about the names, and it makes sense. I mean, absolutely. And then that look. Where's Marv? Marv? Yeah. Well, we, you need him for something? I don't want anything. I just don't want him creeping up my back. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's, it's been a while. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah. So I'm like sometimes just watching it myself again. Well, I think Tom is too embodying. And one of the other things that was always with Bob, I always had about Bob from the very beginning is, you know, this old line is, you know, the, the guy you have to worry about in a bar fight isn't the guy who talks. It's the guy who doesn't. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's kind of that's Bob throughout. You know, um, yeah, yeah. it's the looks that again you you captured that Tom was giving those those moments when nobody's supposedly really looking that you see him for real. Yeah, you know, yeah. one fifty-seven, right? And then kid goes to AC and he hits up a slot machine for twenty-two grand. Damn, who'd have thunk it? And that was a, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> I did. I never understood what it was uh, because of my English isn't good enough. It's it's bad. It's purposely I, bad English. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people like to use that phrase. You know, who'd have yeah. it? Um, so. I actually just put it in something yesterday, so I got to stop using that. Clearly. <laughs> it's hard too. I think to have, you know, it's hard to have characters tell a story on screen. Mm -hmm. and make it compelling yeah um and again this is credit to tom this is a credit to the editing this is credit yeah. to you this is this is really uh there's a lot of ways for you struggling screenwriters out there there's a lot of ways this could have gone badly <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so that's where that's but that's that's acting you know it's yeah it is. Is, yeah but again it's the cuts too i mean how many you know this is a peck and pile level of cuts mm -hmm. in this scene you know there's a lot of yeah so and that just it keeps it going, it keeps it popping. Now here we start. We used like a clockwise and then a counterclockwise editing structure. Oh, that's great! It's, it's just such a great tick, tick, her, him, Bob. It's too Bob. It's too. Now we're going back to him, and then we go backwards. Back to now we're here. Her, him. See, so we're going back in the in the rotation. I know it's two. I know it's two. No, you gotta open. To you gotta open the safe. Listen to me. His name was Richie Whelan. Everybody called him Glory Days. I killed Richie Whelan. All right. Sure you did. Eric Deeds will not be getting the therapy he needs. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Fucking punk. 
you saw um, the way that, that I loved it, the way that Matthias played, that the guy was like grabbing his gun, but not like, you know, like always in the movies that they were like always grab. No, he's like, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's like the, the way people really do. We'd yeah, really do it and being situation. a little late and he's yeah. just, you know, and then almost execution style. How Bob, you know. It's funny because I had in the in in the story and in the in the novel and in the script, um, I always have that Bob's first shot doesn't go off because he forgets to um, he forgets to release the um, uh, what do they call the safety? Oh, yeah, a safety. He gets to release yeah. the safety on the gun. Um, yeah. And I I understand why it was cut, but it, because and you don't need it now because deeds it proves the same thing. I mean, it's that it, under these circumstances, it never goes the yep. way you see it in the movies. It's yep. always messy, and you and can miss somebody who's standing four inches in front of you. And the, the reason we actually we never shot it with uh, the safety, it was Tom who said that Bob would never forget to do that. Forget to do that, yeah. yeah. Right. He's too, like, organized and um, prepared, and he doesn't uh, make mistakes. Right, too detail oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, uh, you know, and and that's when we. It was Tom who said, like, I think he would never forget the safety. He would be ready. And that's um, and that's when I followed Tom in the, and said, like, yeah, I think you're right. So no, we actually never, yeah, we actually yeah. never shot it that way with the right, the right. I know that I know yeah. it was never shot. Yeah. Um, you're all wrong, of course. I was right, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you no, Tom. but that's again. That's again. That's again. Oh no, we did. We had a big, huge yeah. fist fight about it. Yeah. yeah um, right. No. Uh, the uh, again. That's the thing about again the, the actor now mm -hmm. making the character his own, um, and he is. That's a great point. That's a terrific mm -hmm. point. Um, Bob is so meticulous. Bob is so yep. meticulous. That's the word. I like that line she says when your people Bob. Yeah, I think that was really uh, because it was also like something that had been written pretty late. Because and again, a lot of that had to do with Tom. Yeah. Um, you know, bringing up this thing of he kept he, Tom kept fighting for this idea of what is her perspective of all of this? Why would she trust this guy? Mm -hmm. Why would she feel that with this violence being visited into her life that this is a good thing and not a bad thing? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was that was a great job of him both protecting his character and Numi's character. Yeah. Um, and you, I mean, that's what you want. You want intelligent actors who are going to fight you, mm -hmm. and fight your preconceptions of a character. Because God, I came I, I came up with Bob Saganowski in two thousand and one. Yo. So he yeah, lived with yeah. me a long time. And on one side, you say he lived with me so long that I know who he is. But on the other side. He lived with me for so long, I could lose perspective on him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so. Frozen meat. I like that that suggestion of you know knowing what's going to happen with that freezer by yeah. emptying it and 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 throw frozen meat. It's like another way of saying 
dragging instead of dragging the body and putting it in and visualize it. Right. I choose to. You chose to show up to do the other way around. Yeah. You know, and you're telling the same the same thing. Uh, one one of my favorite shots here, Nicholas, wonderfully put with that white light on the side and the dark back of Bob, and then bam, there he is, Jovka. Also, and great. it feels like Bob is in a cell at this point. That's that's mm -hmm. what's beautifully done too. I think you feel like he's truly in a box now. Yeah. He didn't get out of the box. He just got into a different one. We've seen better days, huh? Dialogues are great here. The one with uh, You're Alone. Oh, right. Oh, see, again. <sighs> Love that. Did we save the He, he Fit Fine line? Did, mm -hmm. that, did, that, did that survive? Yeah, it comes at the end. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does he fit? He you fits fine. His, we got to break fine. his legs. Break his legs, <laughs> he fits fine. <laughs> oh. And that was so, oh, this is such a funny part. When we were shooting this, the the dog fell asleep and started snoring. But Bob's performance, Tom, was so great that I couldn't say cut. But everybody was like in his ear, like, listen. I heard the, the headphones and, yeah. and we heard like this dog like. <laughs> <laughs> but literally snoring. I didn't oh, know dogs great. could snore. Oh, oh, yeah. You clearly have not wow. had a bull breed. <laughs> no, we never had that. So... And because it was even one take that that Tom couldn't hold his laughing anymore, that he was like suddenly he just started, started laughing <laughs> because he was so brutally loud snoring, <laughs> interfering with his performance. Oh. So we have really literally the guys of the sound design had to clean up the whole stuff. Because otherwise he was like, you know, yeah. doing that kind of stuff. So dogs. Of the bar. I said, of course, it's your bar. But it's not your money. So I was trying to take my money. So I made him a deal. You and your druggy friends leave my money alone, and I'll pay you a ticket to a nice, quiet place. So what do you think? Hmm? Take down his name, put up yours. Bob's bar. It's a nice ring to it, huh? Bob's Bob, big Bob. bad bar. Bob's big bad bar. <laughs> I'm kidding, my friend, right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the... He fit. Yeah. And to break his legs, but he fit fine. Smile. My man, everything gonna be okay. Get some rest, eh? That's something that, again, that Tom and I did talk a lot about was this idea that, you know, you can look at this as a triumphant ending or you can look at it as Bob moving from one, he just moves from one box into another box. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's part of something now, but what he's part of is maybe the stakes just got infinitely higher. Mm -hmm. So. But also, yeah. But then, the, and then, of course, he also realized that, you know, uh, the Chechen's not gonna, you know, uh, take action against him. You know, he's waiting for your body to quit because he knows. I've never heard this narration before. He already owns your soul, and then 
I think maybe you know there's no devil. You die, and God, he says, nah. Nah, you can't come in. You have to leave now. You have to leave and go away, and you have to be alone. You have to be alone forever. That's nice. It's cool. That's, nice. That's the first for me. I've never, I've never seen the version with that in the scene. Oh, you haven't? Yeah, no, never saw that. That's oh, that's that's cool. Because again, that's that dialogue we took from from the kitchen. That's the kitchen scene. Yeah. 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 And this was interesting because remember we had this the two last scenes we had it two times we had this one first written uh, at the church this was written and then but we also had the line this his sort of final line that he says to bob was originally showed up in the middle of the originally showed up in the middle of the film it showed up at the scene where he throws the arm into the river Oh. And then everybody, you guys all said, I didn't know anything about this. Uh, but you guys on set said, it's such a better line to come at the end. Yeah. yeah. And you were 100% right. It's a way better line to come at the end. And I, again, I moved, when I did the the uh, novel, uh, I moved it into the end of the novel. Oh, great, great, yeah. great. Because so, it's just so much better placed here. Yeah, I remember. You didn't then? I cannot remember when it came in. When, when that was decided or... It just happened. No. no, there was a lot of people in here on Super Bowl Sunday. So. Yeah, because you had a... I mean, John Ortiz was shot out early, right? He wasn't... Well, the thing is, we had we had this scene originally was set outside the church. Right, right. And then uh, Ortiz would follow Bob and tell him, you know, that these lines, but we felt that it wasn't working and there was something... Oh, right, and we, so you brought back to Yes, this. and then right. we, during production, right. I managed to get it reshot in the right. bar where we thought it would be a better place to that he would come and see him instead of you know at the church because something i don't know what it was we, we couldn't figure it out and it was bringing it here and in the meantime i think we were we asked you to rewrite it and adapt it to this situation to this right and that's, that's where you brought that that last line back in because in the meantime, we had been already rewriting lots of things, and all, and everything came together at the right spot. Right. And that's where um, you brought that line back in, like nobody ever sees you coming, do they, Bob? Here it's gonna come. Here it is. No one ever sees you coming, do they, Bob? And then Bob's reaction. No, they don't, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's of course, beautiful. that's his uh, moment after uh, after Chovka actually giving him the sign, like you know, it's it's cool, you're you're safe. That's what Chovka actually says. Yeah. Then uh, the cop comes in and says, "I have nothing on you," you know, and now he feels. That nothing of what he did will bring that to Nadia, right? Because that's a little bit the backstory, the back, 
the psychology of this was that Bob needs to know that there's no heat on him. Yeah. From both sides before going back to Nadia and 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 talk to her. We agonized over this a lot. Oof. This was how many? My goodness. Do you remember I was? <laughs> do you remember me and you walking down that street in Brooklyn, right, rewriting this? Scene? Yes. Yes. That was insane. <laughs> I was writing it, walking on a sidewalk. Yes. That was. And we brought it to it's Tom. It's actually there. We went That's there. That's it. Yeah. 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 Because also here the the end scene, the original one, was something also that, and you feel it sometimes. You just feel that. An ending. It's like when the actors have to. Um, how would I say? Because the other one was in the park. Yeah, the other one was in the park. Yeah. You shot it. It did not. It did not work. No, it didn't work. Um, that was. And you know what it is that didn't work, is that, it's it's very particular to see the opposite. And here he goes to her. He goes. In the her. original scene, right. she, comes she comes to, to him. him. Yep. And then in the scene before in the bar, it's also um, a different dynamic of who's going to come and see who, where. And, yep. and that made, um, and then now we're at the ending. And it was, again, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, we, we, God, we had, um, we had a lot of arguments about this. We mm -hmm. had a lot of arguments. And we had, a, I had an argument with Tom about this scene. I mean, we just went back and forth and back and forth. But this idea that ultimately... He has to reach out, that he has to take the step. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that was key, you know? Yeah. Um, so. You know, there was also the fact that for me, it was important that Nadia, that we at least had one morally sane person. Yes, yes, <laughs> no. yes, that was, that was key, <laughs> right? That was pretty key. Yeah. That's and what that, she and, represents. And, and she being there and he coming to look for her yeah. was to the logic uh, the consequence of it that was logic yeah uh for me it's strange yeah it's this this actually this whole thing has gone through the strangest journey i mean this started as a this started as a novel the first chapter was a guy finding bob finding a, a a dog in a trash can and meeting nadia and then the rest of the novel just wouldn't come together fell apart and then a few years later i took the first chapter i turned it into a short story then was contacted to turn the short story into a screenplay, turn the short story into a screenplay, you turn the screenplay into a film. And then I was contacted at the end of all of that to then say, oh, is there anything you wanted to do in terms of a novel? And I thought, eh, why not? So then to then take it one step further and write a novel out of it. <laughs> so this has been a, I mean, this thing, if I knew this was going to take this long when I started in 2001, wow. I think I would have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But here we go. There Yay. you are. The novel. Thirteen what years a, later, an overnight <laughs> success. And what a what a work what a uh, work in progress like kind of uh, what a process of working to get someone make a film before. Yeah, I think novel. it also says. I think it also says what's kind of cool though is I I like this too. It's it you know. If anybody is kind of watching this in terms of of aspiring writers or aspiring yeah. directors or anything, yeah. it just doesn't come out like a baby, man. You know what I mean? It's not like the <laughs> whole thing comes out. It's always this messy process in which you're yeah. trying to figure out what you're saying. But um, yeah, the inspiration is one, but it's the transpiration. You know, work, work, yeah. work. 
And then, yeah, sometimes it has every book has its own process of being made and and and. Uh... That's but I'm, I'm I'm gonna read I'm gonna read the novel. You're gonna read the novel. <laughs> I, I would be so sick of these characters if I were you. <laughs> Honestly, like, I will I never still... look at that novel again. Oh no, I I just actually I think you like love them. I think one of the things you like is there's a there's a whole chapter that's Eric Deeds' backstory. Okay. All this stuff that never shows up anywhere in the film or in uh -huh. the script or in the anything that's, that I've, I've always liked that was from the original book. Yeah, yeah. Deeds was from the original book too. The thing that I kind of missed and that I regret that we couldn't use more of it in the movie was all the, the Taurus and his uh, Catholic uh, yeah, the, the, talking and referencing and, you know, that being very... He has a well, little bit in the movie, but there's a, little was a lot more of it, and I always liked that. Well, it's so central to the... To the to the original conception was always the reason Taurus comes after Bob is because there are two different types of Catholics mm -hmm. and there are two different types of Catholics in the wake of the child sex abuse scandal mm -hmm. and how do you deal with that so Taurus is much more sort of toe the party line um, you you uh, pray pay obey Mm -hmm. And Bob is much more voice of the faithful. There has to be meaningful confession by the institution itself. Yeah, yeah. And what Taurus then says is when Bob sort of offends him by bringing that up in the bar, then he makes the connection to the fact that Bob never takes confession, which yeah. in the Catholic Church means you are in a state of mortal sin yeah. or you consider yourself in the state of mortal sin. And he says, well, what could this guy be in mortal sin about? Yeah. And that yeah. gets the wheels yeah. turning. Yeah. But the other great thing is, is I, I love about Taurus is he's... Uh, he can walk the walk, but he already knows by his own admission he's a terrible Catholic. He's a terrible, he's just a terrible moral human being. Yeah, he's yeah. having an affair with a woman who's not his wife. He has a wife and kids at home. He's messed up his entire career. Uh, you get some backstory on that in the, the actual novel, what he did. Uh, but he's okay. just an incredible fuck up. Yeah. And I love that about him because I love having, um, I, I don't know, at the end of the day, I just like having very fucked up characters. Um, they, they're they, they strike me as human, you know. <laughs> I don't know too many non-fucked up people. Yeah. Well, it's a fucked up world inhabited with fucked up people. But in a good way. In a good way, of course. In a good way. Well, the good ones are making movies, right? We hope so. We hope so. <laughs> this is the end. This is the part that there's nobody left at this point. There's nobody. Well, for those who even the biggest Mikhail Roskam fan, <laughs> he's gone, man. He's he's checked out. He's closed the fridge. Uh, he's going to bed. So, so good night, everybody. Yep. I think my mom's still listening. So bye, oh, mom. sorry, <laughs> Mrs. Roskam, for all the f bombs. I hope they don't translate to Flemish. No, no. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.